Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Purple Noon, a podcast. I am Stephanie Conti, and I am here with the love of my life. <laughs> it is the fern to my swanky. Savannah, oh, I, never had a song. I never had a song before. That's nice. <laughs> you notice how I didn't even know the lyrics. <laughs> I just knew love of my life. <laughs> At least it was on key. Was no, key. I wasn't, but we can continue. Thought <laughs> that counts. Okay. How you doing? Good. Good. You're in you're in the motherland again. Yeah. I mean, Florida. No, I mean, it is what it is, but <laughs> we're in the same time zone. I'm so it's much closer nice. to you now. Feel connected. So, so connected. But life has been good. Flight was good. Anything crazy happened on the flight? It's. I mean, it's a flight to Florida. I mean, something's got to give, you know? It, you know, it's just the same old people trying to get away. This one flight attendant, I felt really bad. She had to go to the same lady a few times because this lady was eating the same cracker for like half an hour and a half and didn't want to put on her mask and was basically like oh i'm still eating oh my god and it was like ma'am you've been eating that cracker for like an hour and i was just trying to mind my business but i was like oh my god this poor lady yeah it's so so that's so funny though like the whole and they start doing that stuff at disney now because at disney you're obviously allowed to get food and stuff like that there people are like weirdos are kind of doing the same tactic where they're just constantly holding food in their hand and they're like i'm about to take a bite excuse me but they just hold a churro in their hand (laughs) the entire time they're at disney i think and there's like little niblets I think Disney's like, yeah, you can't do that. Apparently, because I would hear, like, I, I know people that still work there, and they're just like, yeah, there are people that just hold the same water bottle all day and are yeah. like, I'm going to drink this water bottle. So Disney literally had to make a rule that you have to be sitting down if you're going to, like, have food. I just can't believe that. So crazy. I can't believe they're, they're open. I mean, well, I, I mean, it's Florida, you know, but it's Disney, still crazy. Disneyland's going to open soon. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. It's been like a year. Yeah, it has. And they just got out of the rough of it. I'm surprised that they're opening up so soon. I know like not – I think some of the parks opened back up uh, because, yeah, that the the YouTuber, Trisha Paytas, she was like there thinking like no one was going to be there and like showed video and it was entirely packed like to the brim. Yeah, that was their downtown Disney area. That was just like the shopping center. I thought that was their actually like Disney, you know? No, the the park is going to open up. Like the actual theme park is opening up next month. That's just for shopping. Oh my God, that's crazy. Like that's actually insane. Nope, nope, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Even like non-COVID, like if there were that many people going into like Disney Springs or something, I'd be like, come on. Come on. Like, there's outlets. What are you going to do? You're going to go to Coach Store where you know you're not going to buy anything. (laughs) (laughs) You know? At least go to one of the outlets. You know? At least that's for me. Because I, like, go, like, some days I'm like, oh, my God, I want to go into this store. Knowing I'm not going to be able to buy anything in that store. Yeah. But it is what it is. So, uh, Golden Globes happened. Um. What did you think about Golden Globes? Were you content, satisfied, dissatisfied? What, what happened? I, I it was fine. Like I, I thought there were like a lot of snubs, but the people that won, I think, deserved it. 
Mm-hmm. And in even bigger cinematic news, and I totally agree, uh, we got to talk about this new Ridley Scott project. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about the new Gucci movie. Oh, yeah. The sweater. The sweater. I am so – like, have you done any research on it or anything like that? I've heard a few things, but I haven't, like, looked into it. Like, I, I know some of the cast that's in it, but that's about it. All right. Let me go through it. Let me go through it just to give you the full exposure. You ready? Uh-huh. All right. So it's going to – it's called – it comes out this year, end of this year. I don't know how they're going to do it, but it comes out end of this year, like November. It's called House of Gucci, directed by Ridley Scott. And it's the story of how Patrizia Reggiani, the ex-wife of Maurizio Gucci, <laughs> plotted to kill her husband, the grandson of renowned fashion designer Gucci o Gucci. Gucci o Gucci? Gucci o Gucci. What a name. That's his name. I know. But then we got to talk about this all-star cast. All-star cast. Like, actually insane. Love it. We have, and I'm assuming these are brothers, because <laughs> I don't see who's playing Guccio Gucci. I'm not sure if he was alive <laughs> during this timeline, but we got Jared Leto Jared playing Paolo Gucci. Paolo. We got Don Cacino playing oh, Aldo Gucci. Don Cacino. Oh my god. Yeah. We have a little bit. I was like, okay. Okay, we have Jeremy Irons playing Rodolfo Gucci. When's the last time he's been in anything? Wow. I don't know. Wasn't he in Man in the Iron Mask? Or am I getting confused because his last name is Iron? I don't think he was in Man in the Iron Mask. <laughs> I think just getting confused. <laughs> wait a minute. No, you're right. He was. He was? He was. Wait, um, no. Wait, are you sure? No, no. He was one of the three musketeers. Hold on. Hold on. I'm pretty Let me- sure. I gotta, I gotta save my reputation. Also, the the guy, the our, the French guy from um, the woman I next think, door, as well. I think I'm right. Yeah, I'm right. Yep, yep. I knew there was a correlation. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Probably some casting director was like, "Ah, Jeremy Irons, man in the Iron Mask." <laughs> I hope someone did the same thing that I did. Um, and of course, we have playing the husband that is plotted to be murdered, Adam Driver playing Maurizio Gucci. I like how we just have a slew of European men all just playing the same families, like just Italian, just all different European branches, all of them playing Italian. Is he going to do an Italian accent? I'm very excited to see that. I don't know. I don't know how far in the lineage, you know. I've honestly, when they were like, oh, the you know, this woman plotted to kill Gucci's grandson, I was like, huh? I've never heard of this. I heard about the Versace. Yeah. But I didn't hear of this. So I was a little bit surprised. Um, and of course, we have probably like the best decision ever. We have Lady Gaga playing Patrizia Reggiani. That's great casting. I love it. It's a good job. It seems I would. Okay. So it's right now directed by Ridley Scott. Not too sure who the people who wrote it are. We have uh, uh, an Italian man named Roberto Pentivenga, or however you pronounce that last one. I don't, I'm not too sure. But. I think what would have won me over is if I saw in the writing credits, who do you think I'm going to say? Writing credits. Guess what I'm going to say for writing? If I would have like lost my mind for writing. Steph, you, uh, <laughs> I 
I feel like I know, but it's not coming to me. So let's talk about this. No, I don't know. The man who wrote American Horror Story. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking I about. I feel know like about. if he was a writer, got some direction, he this does. Way. He, Ryan Murphy does a lot of movies like Ryan this. Murphy. Thank you. That's his name. He did because yeah. um, well, he did the Versace one. That's so why. I feel like he could do, especially knowing how Gaga is and everything like that. Especially already working with you know someone like Gaga, who's going to be playing the lead role. I think it's just so great. And then also, apparently, rumored to be in it is Jack Houston. Um, who I believe might be Angelica Houston's son or related to the Houstons in some way. Not too sure. But yeah, there's a, a lot of people who have I was a lot of good names in this one. With the director that's attached to it. He, uh, yeah, Ridley Scott. He did The Martian and like I think uh An alien. He did alien Thelma and Yep. I knew Thelma and Louise. So I was like a little surprise with him like yeah. it just didn't seem like a the first it, choice the, yeah like i i definitely when i don't think of like i feel like something like and, and not to discredit ridley scott no, in any, no, he's, any he's single way good. i think yeah he's a phenomenal director but he's not the first one i come to mind when i think house of gucci like you know, family drama. I yeah. think more like um, as soon as I think of a name like House of Gucci, I'm thinking more. Oh my God, the guy who did the new Great Gatsby, Laz Berman. I'm yeah. thinking that level, that that theatrics, you know, and things like that. But I also, I could see David Fincher. I could see David Fincher okay. doing a movie like this. Okay. And honestly, Scorsese could have probably done this, but it would have been way too long. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like maybe this is too Scorsese. I feel like this is just too perfect for him. I know he's trying to do... What's the movie he has coming out with Leo? I think it's called, like, The Glass Castle. I, I built Something It was based off a book. Because I know the next thing he's going to do is supposed to be, like, out of the box for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, very interested um, in that. So I, I feel like doing another Italian family drama would just been too perfect for him. You know? Okay. And also, just to get a little bit of the, the history of the Gucci family. So, Maurizio Gucci, uh, played by Adam Driver, his papa in the film is actually... Hold on, I just saw the name. His papa is Jeremy Irons. I love that. I like Jeremy but, Irons. But where does Al Pacino come in? Who is he going to play? He's not Grandpappy Gucci. Maybe he's... He plays Aldo Gucci. Maybe he's an uncle. I would assume he's up. uncle. Hold on. Hold on. Is Maybe this the-, the same Aldo, like Aldo shoes? I don't think he, they're related to the Gucci's, are they? They gotta be. Oh, I never heard of this. Oh, Aldo committed tax evasion in 90. <laughs> <laughs> in 1990. <laughs> Sorry, I just Ooh. discovered that information. Oopsies. Oh, he's the eldest son, right? I'm looking at right now. Really eld. Gucci oh Gucci. Oh no, he is brothers. He is brought oh wait, brothers with Rodolfo. Yo, that that's a little bit of a diss to Jeremy Irons. I don't think he's that old. You're telling me his brother's gonna be Pacino? How old is Jeremy Irons is up there? How old is he though? I don't think he's 80. No, I don't think Oh shit. He was born in 48. He was born in 40. 
Oh my god. Is he how old is that? 80? No. Oh damn, there's only an eight year eight difference between him and an eight year eight difference. So what is he like difference? 70 years old? Mid 70s, most likely. Oh, see, he is old. I didn't know he was yeah. that old. I was thinking like 60s. Yeah, I damn. Look at you, Jeremy Irons. You know Keeping where I the beauty. know him from? Which we should talk about on the podcast one day. You know the, what I the know? The man in the iron mask. <laughs> okay, but it's actually Lolita is where I know him. Oh, the- you were talking about that with me earlier this week. Yeah, because I want to do a TikTok about why that movie shouldn't have been made, but. Ooh. Oh, I'm yeah. So by the way, guys, funny. if you haven't, <laughs> I started adding our personal uh, TikToks to the uh, the comments or to the description. You should follow our personal TikToks. We've been making banger content. Banger yeah, content. you have great. Stephanie has a great aesthetic. It's really cute. Thank you. I shoot everything on my pink rug in my room, and it's just <laughs> the same. I'm very consistent with it. You're and I love how all of a sudden I'm I'm the one who invented putting Criterion's on a pink rug. And what does Criterion do? They post a Criterion DVD on a pink rug. Coincidence? I, don't I think literally so. sent this to Savannah. She's like, "Hey, that kind of looks like you took it." I'm like, "Excuse me." Criterion, <laughs> don't be stealing my aesthetic now. Like, yeah, people have like the pink rooms, and you have like, oh, the pink gamer girl. But I own pink rug. Yeah, you were the first. pink rug is mine. That's yeah. my thing. That's my thing. You know, uh, apparently, it, it's actually it's a family thing, and you want to know why? Because in my grandma's house, her entire first floor, where my gr- where my great grandma used to stay, and then my aunt ended up living in for a little little bit. They have the most beautiful pink shag carpeting running throughout the entire floor. I love that. That is my lineage. That's and a look. Criterions, you will be hearing me from my lawyer, which is just me from a red telephone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me from like a Powerpuff Girls style t- red telephone. <laughs> that sounds threatening, though. I don't think they want that to. That does. Do. And it is. Read between the lines, Savannah. <laughs> no, sorry no, am i threatening you now i don't know i'm like halfway down my tea with the rug you're just getting yes defensive. very very i'm halfway down my tea so we need to start talking about this movie because this tea is not gonna last me the entire night telling you that much okay so you ready to begin yeah let's do it all right today we are going to be discussing 2020's nomadland Nomadland currently right now is available on Hulu, not sponsored, but could be Hulu. And it is about <laughs> after losing everything in the Great Recession, not the 1930s or 20s, whenever that first one is 2008, <laughs> a woman embarks on a journey through the American West living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. It is directed by Chloe Zhao, and it's based off the book Nomadland by Jessica Bruder. In terms of cast, we have Frances McDormand playing Fern, and we actually have a bunch of first-time actors in this movie. Um, Not a lot of information on them, but some notable characters would be people like Patty, Linda, Angela, all based on real-life characters. So, Savannah, without spoilies, and this movie has been hyped about a lot during award seasons, and actually Chloe Zhao won for Best Director. Savannah, without any spoilies, what did you think of Nomadland? 
I'll start with the positives. So I really like movies that give us a look into a different kind of way of life. I think that's kind of the purpose of movies to mm-hmm. show us how other people are. So in that sense, they did a really good job. And we also, I haven't, I have really seen movies about the recession in 2009. Have you? Because I haven't. No. And you know what's so funny? I'm watching this movie and they're like, oh my God, like this happened. And I was just a kid. So I was like, dang, I thought 2008 was a great year. You know, I had crazy frog. (laughs) So I'm just thinking like, I was kind of like thinking like, wow. And I you know? mean, we were lucky not to be affected by it in that sense. But yeah, we, do, I, we don't see a lot of movies. And this is something that happened now 20 years ago. So yeah. it's interesting that nobody talks about... Whose dog is that? It's Ramos. He's there? Yeah. What's Ramos doing in Florida? My dad brought him. Oh, he's here. I told you. <laughs> Sorry. No, I thought he was coming with the weekend. But I was just like... Dang, is there a dog right out your front door? No, it's Ramos. He's being very nosy because he's like, my dad brought him. He drove down and he's like, oh, "Oh, if it's Ramos, Ramos." I forgive him. I forgive him then. He's like, oh, Um, Ramos for you to see. And I was like, okay, now he's making Oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. But okay, I forgive Ramos. He's fine. He's fine. He could keep doing his thing. (laughs) But yeah, like thinking about like 2008 and stuff like that, I'm thinking like, man, I was learning about Obama good times you know (laughs) like I really didn't have a grasp and fortunately and I say that from like a privileged perspective of my family not being heavily affected by you know the great recession so I think it is interesting and the fact that it's called a great recession too and I'm at first when I saw this I was like you mean that thing with FDR (laughs) (laughs) I'm not I I used to be a history buff but all the image the new you know, the information is just slipping away over the years. Yeah. But so I was a little bit surprised, but it it did make sense. And I do, I do feel like it's something we just don't talk about a lot, you know? No, exactly. Um, another thing I like is that the movie isn't anything. The movie's very raw and you can tell this was based off somebody's life. Like even the characters, you can tell like these came from actually people in their story. So I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the film is just giving us a look at what happened to some of these people after the recession yeah. and what they went through and how heavy things were. So in that sense, the movie does really do a great job. And, uh, Francis McDowell is really good in it. Like, mm-hmm. Very, very good. Um, so yeah, those are my positives. What did you think? I definitely think it's a movie worth watching, but if you're looking for storyline, plot, uh, like yeah. very linear type of things and very like hero's journey type of stuff, this is not the movie for you. I do think it's a really good movie to start up, you know, to have conversations with. And like, even like, for example, I, this movie wasn't my favorite. It wasn't a bad movie, but it wasn't my favorite. No, yeah. But I definitely, after watching it, was like, ooh, I can't wait to talk about this. Because I do feel like there are just a lot of different points within this movie that, you know, make you want to just start up a conversation. And I think it's uh, very well done. Very natural. Sorry, I'm holding down a burp. I don't want to do that. Um, So if you hear me, just that's why. (laughs) Um, But I just, while watching this movie, you know, it's a little slow at times, but it is very interesting. And it is so much more interesting when you find out that everyone, like, except for Francis McDormand, played themselves. 
and that it a lot of it was ad-libbing these characters and figuring out everything and just going through and you know just just playing around and getting like real glimpses into these people you know in their lives and everything right um so i i do recommend seeing it but i i do think the overhype of this movie can be very misleading because i was definitely expecting like you know to be sobbing yeah, in the like corner drama. of my room like shivering and be like oh, you know you know yeah, the session, or, you know <laughs> something of that caliber i think um, there's a lot of misadvertisement with it for sure for sure i think i'm I'm thinking I'm going to need a box of tissue. This is Into the Wild all over again. I'm going to see, you know, some yeah, like, dramatic thing. Yeah, like, I thought it was going to be like, oh, this is going to be, like, a sad story. And, like, there were many sad stories to it, but it wasn't It was more dramatized than yes. sad. It was it more was, like, aww. Exactly. tearjerker. And I think you made a good point. The movie doesn't have a plot, but more of, like, this message and more of, like, this is what people had to do. So if you're looking for, like, plot, you know, a climax action, this movie is more of, like, maybe, like, a viewing experience, maybe educational. For sure. And I think also, it, I think even though that this movie takes place, like, really only 10, 10 years ago, if you really want to get to the number. 10 years ago? 10 years ago. 10 oh, my gosh. Ago. I said 20. It's okay. I was just making sure doing, you know, math. No, it is 12 years. Years. It happened about 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I think it's still in- incredibly relevant because not only with what everyone is going through now with COVID, it kind of feels like we are um, going through another recession. Like, I mean, like the amount of people like going through to and depending on food banks now for like the first time due to COVID is just crazy. So I do think this movie was relevant. And I do think it also brings kind of another conversation, not too related to it, but it does bring it up. And that's this whole nomad slash turn a school bus into a whole home type of deal. You know what I'm saying? And it was really interesting to see because now it's very trendy. I don't know. Like it I've is. seen a lot of vlogs. People like, oh, we turned school bus into a home with three kids. And it's and Very like hippie. here's the thing: if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But don't advertise it as like some very i think for me what i always find like is people like oh yeah we want to live on minimal and things like that it's like homie you paid $150,000 to renovate a bus <laughs> exactly like there's not really like ah uh, you know the camper life when you have a working shower toilet washer and dryer in your renovated 1960s oh, yeah, bus and a, you like know full fledged kitchen and then I follow this one family, not to get off topic, that lives in Australia. And the parents, like, quit their job. And the mom gave birth to in a cave. And they're just super weird, super hippie. But they're just like, yeah, like, this is what we do. We shower wherever. We buy all organic groceries. And they just have this beautiful van. But they, like, promote. Not to call this family out blast. But they, like, promote, like, yeah, like, save the earth, save the planet. You got to just do your part. And I'm like, you guys ride in a bus all day long you got no jobs you're hanging out like they obviously have some money so I I've just like when I realized that like 10 years later it's a trendy thing to do it's just like wow and you know like and if you want to do that like to each their own but I think there's a huge misleading because you have to remember car accident you've lost everything everything car accident burglary 
You know, there's no like, oh, I, I, my house was burglarized. Thank God they didn't take, you know, the, the car keys because I'm in my car. No, like it, it's you lose everything. So it's I do like how very, it does give. Yeah, I, we, I think nowadays it's just a very privileged, privileged thing to do. I think like if you can exactly like, like renovating a van and stuff like it, it really is like now living in a car and having all these things like it really is privileged because you have to have money to do those things and have money to like uh live it's yeah. not as much as a house but you still have to keep up with it like you're saying like that's your home at that point you have to keep up with everything so I think yeah, this movie it, it, kind of deglamorizes all that Deglamorizes, and then also like and, and people like today like there's that van girl on youtube with the little blue van sweet little thing with her little pet snake alfredo love she watching looks- her she's cute but i do think there's a huge misleading to things like that because you know this is a girl very tiny girl who lives in a van all on her own will stay in parking lots all on her own there's no security cameras there's no security at all there's like you know all it takes is a bashed window for someone to get in you know exactly so I think and then also I saw this incredible documentary a few years back which if you like something like Nomadland watch this documentary it is on YouTube and it talks about there's this one college in California where they were rapidly trying to figure out a way to get more dorms because they said that one in every four students on that campus was living in their car. Oh my God. On campus because they ran out of housing. Housing became too expensive for some people. And this whole promise, like, cause it would be like, you know, student housing is in no way as much as like an apartment in California, you know? Yeah. Even if you split it with like three people and things like that. But it's this crazy documentary of like how like these kids not only go to school, but they live out of their car and they're going to work while all being at this college. And it right. just goes through and it like just shows like the entire parking lot at night was fully engulfed in cars because of how many students, you know, one in four students. It was so, so crazy. Yeah. I highly recommend it. I forgot the name of the documentary, but I'll link it in the description if anyone wants to see it. It's a a really crazy because it it was only made. It was only made like five years ago. Oh my goodness! And it was really, really just shocking. And so I think a lot of people, and like this whole like van life and nomad. There's so many, uh, and I think they do highlight some issues. There's so much more that they could have highlighted, like. For example, when uh, Frances McDormand, her character Fern, is freezing. If she is in the Midwest in a van with no insulation, there needed to be a little bit more because she wouldn't just be like, oh, I'm cold and under the sheets. Like she would get sick because that is how cold the Midwest gets during the winter. Yeah. And even a van, unless it is, you know, fully – because you can put like lining and stuff like that within the van to keep it warm – but it, it it's just I feel like it hits some issues. I wish I wish it kind of shifted a little bit more focus on how tough the van life is more than how tough living during the Great Recession is. I think one of the faults of the movie is it has a lot of different meanings, but each meaning isn't shown very much. So for example, like a big thing was the Great Recession. 
but then you know another topic would be like grief and moving on and then another topic would be like how hard van life is but we didn't get to see all of that a lot besides the great recession and hearing people's stories we didn't get to see the grief situation too much only in certain scenes Mm -hmm. and then we didn't get to see like how hard no bat I mean you did but like like you're saying I think it would have hit the point a little bit more if they showed more little things yeah if she got sick or um I mean I know like the van had issues and stuff but I I think just little details always helps always helps with like driving absolutely like and they were like oh your car is scuffed it's like there could have been a situation like flat tire. There could have been a thing where like, and for example, if like car accident happens, you know, and also like things like this woman, you know, the character uh, Fern has a, she has a cell phone. How does she charge it? There's no chargers or anything like that in that type of car during that time. And solar power, you know, these portable generators, that's not something you could throw in the back of a truck or a car or van or anything. I agree. I wish it was more, a little bit more, at, at least like a nice five minutes of the total movie kind of focusing on that and showing how difficult. Because really all I just saw was Francis McDormand just shitting in a van. <laughs> I, I mean, like, honestly, for a movie that was about survival, there wasn't a lot about how you survive. And that was my biggest issue with it because it always talked about these people. And granted, there were some really great messages like when Linda May was talking about how she felt suicidal and how when she went to like look at her pension, there was only $500 and she had to go to work when she was elderly. Those Mm -hmm. things are fantastic. If they just mix more little details of living the nomad life, little details of moving on from grief like they were hinting at, I think the movie would have felt fuller. It's just, it was very pick and choosy. Yeah. And I think also with a movie like this, because, you know, it's advertised as after losing everything after the Great Recession, she kind of lost everything beforehand when her husband died. Exactly. And I think it should have focused more on her being a widow trying to live alone and move on rather than focusing on a woman becoming a nomad and trying to make it out in the American West. You know, I, I kind of wish that they had just shifted that perspective a little bit more, at least because that's what, you know, you watch the trailer. That's the the sensation you get from it. When you watch, you know, the, you I feel like the whole trailer, the synopsis and everything is a little bit misleading for what it actually is. I agree. Yeah, I think, although there are great, like you can learn a lot and I did learn a lot and I liked aspects of the film. I just wish we under another thing is I I do wish we understood the character a little bit more because from what I understood and my observation of the film, she didn't have to be a nomad. No. So she kind of chose this and I wish we saw more of that. I wish we saw more of, her choosing this and like there is there's scenes where she's telling people like I'm good I don't need a place to stay and she's very firm on it Mm -hmm. but I do wish we would have saw her like maybe actively like just something because I do wish there was also like a greater emotional side to her because it just felt like from beginning to maybe that that when she's back in her hometown to that last second 
it just feels like this character from beginning to end is emotionally closed off from her, from us, and everyone in that movie. Yeah, it, it's a very hard character to break through. I I did like the scenes where people would come up to her and not even have a conversation with her, just pity her. I think those things are all relatable. Yeah. And you kind of do feel like just the characters being uncomfortable, but that's the only thing you feel. You feel her uncomfortable at certain parts and then just very, I don't want to say indifferent, but just kind of like this is the way it is, that kind of attitude. Yeah, and very like, and I, I do think it's really cool to get an insight on to how like these nomads end up finding work and that's doing like temporary jobs here and there for Amazon during the seasons and things like that. I think that's that's a really great way to show it because I mean- that is something that's also should have been said more, that people once past 65, if they're no longer in their field that they have been working in for years, they're unwanted in terms of any type of work industry. Yeah. You know? So I, I do kind of like that it touched that, but I wished it focused more on that. I love, I think I, I my favorite story out of all the different characters was, I, I think it was Swanky. I think that's her name, where she was the one with um lung cancer. Yeah. And she was the one where she describes like, like, you know, she was like, oh, I could have just died with like all the birds around me and stuff like that. And then we see the video of her and the birds there again. And then we soon find out that she, you know, passed and everything like that. And I was like, oh, like I fell for that character because it was it was some type of arc into a very it almost felt like a anthology between Mm -hmm. all the different people she met but yet no solid linear storyline within her right it felt more like this main character was used to tell other people's stories rather than her own i mean if they were trying to go for like the drifting type of movie because it really the movie just drifts and if they were trying to go for that great because they did a great job but i think the movie did suffer in a way because like you were saying, like there were just hints of great things. Like for me, they were talking about why they chose this life. And there was this man who, who just said, yeah, I I'm a veteran and I I can't do loud noises. I have PTSD. This is why I do this Mm -hmm. little things like that. If they capitalized it, if they just showed the, the main character having a little bit more emotion, if we got to know her a little bit more. No. Yeah. Cause she's like, Oh, okay. And then she just moves on. Yeah, so I think the movie is very distant. It's very emotionally yeah. distant, and it's a little bit in- inaccessible. But it's not a bad movie. I enjoyed watching it. I I don't know if I would watch it again, truthfully. Yeah, I I can see that. And like I said, I it just kind of feels like you have this main character that's like, nope, I'm not going to open up. And you have so many different characters coming from each side, and it's like, come on, here's your character arc open up and she goes nope and in the end it still feels like she's going nope yeah yeah and it wasn't like a nope where it's like oh she stuck to her roots she did but it was just kind of like she gave in to her you know her guilt especially with her husband that was the thing i I, in terms of storyline where i was like okay you've at least could have gone with this like that whole like when he's like when the the kind of lover type of character, not yeah. really lover, but kind of we're we're hinting like maybe they could be lovers. Um, and he's like, "Hey, like you can stay here for like longer," and literally offers like 
a whole new life for her and she just can't let go. And the thing is, is that we don't get enough information to fully comprehend why she can't let go. We just get, oh yeah, husband dead. But we don't see any glimpse of the husband. We don't see any memories. We don't see anything for us to make that connection. Exactly. That's like, oh, she's carrying this huge guilt. It's just kind of said, not shown, which I think harmed it. It harmed yeah. it because as soon as she was, she went back to the town. I'm like, you fool, you had you he homie nice over man. there. You know, he looks like the one guy. Oh, there's this one actor. He looks like, and I know it's not him. Hold on, I gotta figure it out. But because I kept confusing him with the the other actor, but yeah, I was just like, come on, man. Like this was like the one point in the movie where it's like you should have done something happy for yourself. Yeah. Because at least like because the whole part of like a nomad and like doing that is just doing what makes them happy. And yet this woman's like, I can't because of my feelings and my guilt. It's like you're not being a nomad then, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the movie oh, definitely has think. some weaknesses, some mm-hmm. downfalls. Um, what do you give it? I'm curious. Oh, before I give it, I, I want to ask you. It won for Best Directing. Golden Globes. Your thoughts. Oh, I know. Honestly, I know we're about to get into something. We're about to get into something a little bit rough here. I wasn't impressed. Yeah. I thought... Have you seen uh, Promising Young Woman? You haven't, right? I have not seen it. It would have been better off there. It would have been better off there, to be honest. If they were just trying to give it to, like, a woman director, it would have been better off with Emerald Farrell. Because... Sam Elliott. That's the guy who I keep thinking was the man. You know Sam Elliott? Yes, he he does look like Sam Elliott. Like a younger Sam Elliott. Mm -hmm. Um... Not to, because I think she did a good job. Like, I'm not saying this was trash directing. Like, it's not that. It's just, I don't see, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't see anything super special in this movie. And that's kind of how I felt. And here's how I see it. She did a real, in terms of sticking true to the character, sticking true to the nature, sticking true to the feel of the movie. Because if she was like, you know, pulling all these crazy ass angles and stuff i'd be like dude what are you doing this is supposed to be more realistic right but still it you still could have played up on things i will say there is one shot in this movie that is absolutely stunning and i and i love it because i was like oh shoot that's like a really great well-made scene and it's you know nudie Frances McDormand like floating in the river and just floating down I'm like that's a great scene right there like the way it was like angled and things like just the way it was set up and everything I was like that's really great I like how that's done but like for example when um when uh the the swanky the girl with the sparrows and everything like that all around her I really wish we got to see that from her perspective and not the perspective of like an iPhone video yeah, you yeah. know, something that's supposed to be so like, you know, this is so beautiful. I could have just died there. You know, play up on that. Play yeah. up directing and the visuals and things like that for how it looks. Play up on that. That's the scenes where you're supposed to do that and then fall back to reality. But the fact that we just kind of saw it on the phone, then it's like, I can see a few swallows. I see an eggshell. 
That's it. it. It was very lackluster from the way that this woman described it. And I felt like if she had, if Chloe Zhao had, and I can understand it could have disrupted the feel of the movie and stuff like that. But I still think a lot of the beauty of the look of this film just comes from location and just comes from prepping on location. That's not necessarily directing. You I know? didn't see anything like you're right. It's just the setting. Um, I, I just didn't see anything that was like super special. And unfortunately I do think it would have been well-deserved somewhere else. Not that she didn't do a good job. I just think there were other people that might've. Yeah. And I can't comment cause I didn't sadly watch a lot of the movies that this is Nomadland and Minari are really like the only like newer movies that I've seen, but in terms of like, even just comparing it from movies last year, like they're like like non-nominated movies. There were definitely a lot of movies out like last year. <laughs> sorry, Tenet. I'm sorry. I'm gonna be one of those little film nerds that like Tenet should have got a nomination. Yeah, it should have because the directing was phenomenal. I wonder um, why it didn't for that. I don't know. I don't know. I I wonder that too. But even like oh, for example, another scene I was thinking of in terms of. Uh, realism and balancing it out with like very dreamlike and very ethereal states, the Fab Bloods. I'm that really could upset have that been none of them got a nomination. I was very deeply, madly upset. But like something like that could have been fantastic using elements where it creates the realism and everything like that and then like the moments with like chadwick boseman where we can tell like that this is a vision this is a dream and stuff like that where like the lighting is a little bit more golden you know and like everything has a little bit softer effect that would have been really great portraying you know the the swallows and like all the little birds and things like that flying around this woman um i also really wish that it was more like i was invested in swanky i liked swanky her death just came out of the blue and it yeah. wasn't anything like fully. It could have been more intense. Yeah, it could have been, more, been more intense, you know, but I do like the conversation that was built off from it when the one guy was like, you know, like talking about like a family member of his committing suicide and was like, that's why I say, I'll see you soon. That's why I don't say bye. Yeah. You know? And it, I thought that was beautiful and that was great, but it's like, it's almost like everyone playing themselves did everything right but for some reason it just felt like the writing and the directing was off a step you know yeah and I, I i hate to be this way but i do compare this movie a lot to something like into the wild i mean i feel like that's fair where like you have fair. this person who's who who has this idea where it's like nope i am free of this i will become a nomad essentially and but you get more story you get personal development you get you know, all of this stuff dealing with, you know, his own, like, you know, Christopher McCandless divorce and everything like that. And it's kind of like the same thing because, you know, Christopher McCandless in that movie meets like Vince Vaughn's character, meets Hal Holbrook's character, meets all these different people and ventures on. And remember, he rejects all these people along the way. Yeah. So it's literally like the same. Is it the same? It's a very similar concept within a different setting. Yeah. So this is supposed to be like like what happened to these people after the recession. So it's the same thing, just different tempo. I also do think that we get more when comparing it to a movie like Into the Wild because it, it's kind of the same template. The person, this nomad going on an adventure and people trying to stop them along the way saying, hey, here's a home. 
here's yeah here's love here's affection here's this here's whatever here's a reason and them just being nope 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 but in the end i feel like into the wild had more of a hero's journey more of a character arc more of story development overall than nomadland into the wild was a lot more accessible like you knew the character you understood different reasons why he was doing this you understood the other characters too it's just for this one yeah you have a even big like, idea and i even without like the very dramatic ending to into the wild i still think even without that ending and the great actor transformation done by emile hirsch you cut that off and still compare it to nomadland it it lacks it definitely like no nomadland lacks compared to into the wild yeah because you're just following this character on day to day into the wild had an actual story and, and remember and- this guy moved into a bus and we really got to see what that struggle was like they emphasized the struggle of not only getting there how he got there the people he met along the way the people who he rejected it's man i hate to say it this just kind of lowered my score more for nomadland putting that connection all right yeah tell me now oh what did you give it what did you give it you want me to go first yeah i give seven out of ten 6.4. 6.4. 6.4. 6.4. Okay. Yeah. Cause you know, like the more and more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, it's not as original. It's not, I hate saying it because it is ba- based on someone's story and everything like that. But in terms of a movie and structure, and if you want, look, if you want to view it as more of a documentary field, that's one thing. You can't make this comparison, but it's not a documentary. It's a movie. So it, it just feels like, and I'm wondering, like, because I'm like, this all feels familiar because it already kind of has been done before by Into the Wild. So, yeah, 6.4. And I think acting, great, but not a lot was given to Frances McDormand. Yeah, I agree. I think she did well with what she was given. And, yeah, I wouldn't watch this movie and again, unfortunately. Also, Chloe Zhao, good directing. Not distinguishable, though. That's what like, I was going to actually say, like, to be completely honest, I think this movie has a good message, but, like, it, we're not going to remember this. We're not. We're not going to think yeah. about this in, in maybe, like, six months. We're going to be like, oh, remember that movie we saw? But it's not a rememberable movie. It's not a movie that – for a movie yeah. that should make an impact and for to open our eyes, like, it unfortunately just kind of falls flat. Like, we – oh, that's sad. That did happen. Wow, I didn't know people went through this, and then we move on from it. You know what I mean? I think yeah. if you're going to make a movie like this, there should be some kind of call to action. There should be some kind of like, you know, this is what happened, you know. And I, I think Into the Wild does a really good job with that, though. Yeah, and I think story Into and the then- Wild kind of like it came out during – and I think it, Into the Wild, like not to like just boost up <laughs> – that movie's ego or anything but that movie came out the year of the great recession so even though it wasn't talked about during the time because this all happened like in the early 2000s the setting was kind of perfect for the time that it came out Uh, like i said i do feel like that movie also has a call to action when it comes about talking about people that choose that life where i feel like unfortunately they give us all this information but you know, they talk about so many people's story that lost everything. So what are we supposed to do for these people? Now, yeah. how do we help these people? 
If you're going to make there's a no movie call like to this, action. There's no explaining this character's story from beginning to end. You get little blips here and there of the main character as well as yeah. So I'm I'm very solid on a six point four. I think realizing it, it, it's it's just not memorable. Yeah, it's not. It's okay. It's just okay. Like, it's one of those things where, like, if someone would be like, oh, you think it's good? I'd be like, yeah, it's good. I would do the, yeah, not yeah, yeah you know? Yeah, yeah. I And it's just not something you, again, like, it, it's just one of those movies you're going to watch once. Yeah. I, I guarantee you. So, unfortunately, yeah, I was, I was expecting a little bit more, but it's okay. Yep. It's okay. Now, I think it's easy to say that in terms of, because now we're adding the whole, would you buy it on DVD? I wouldn't. Even if there was like some fancy schmancy special edition, I just wouldn't. No, it, it would just go to waste. I wouldn't mm-hmm. watch the movie again. I, I, I do commend the movie for being very groundbreaking in terms of, you know, Frances McDormand possibly being like, you know, one of the first, one of the first women to win Best Picture because she's a producer on it. So she would win. No, it, I don't take away from like her accomplishments. I, and I don't take directors. away from the accomplishments. And I'm not going to say that that award wasn't deserved, but I do think this movie is overhyped. And I, do think that it's just not the best portrayal of anything that they're trying to portray. I just kind of feel like it could have, if they wanted to give it to a female director, and she did great, and it's not taking away from her accomplishment. She got the award. Yeah. I just feel like after seeing this movie, Emerald Farrell should have got it. I know. Just I think Emerald uh, Farrell, she actually won, I think – BAFTA or some other maybe yeah. another thing where she she recently won so who knows I mean I think for Oscars especially since we don't know the nominations yet I feel like it could be anyone's game I have a feeling Oscars are going to directly be very very different from Golden Globes I just have this feeling that this year they're not gonna correlate that's interesting okay yeah like I I feel like obviously something like Tenet is gonna be included and I like honestly like in terms of supporting or even lead actor, like there were great performances from last year. I think like a lot of the male performances are going to stay, but I really fingers crossed. I'm hoping Spike Lee gets in. I hope. Cause uh, that probably was like one of my favorite movies from last year. Like at least top three that yeah, I seen last year. Yeah, we put it in year. our thing. Yeah. I hope uh, the Paul, who, what's his name? The guy that plays Paul. Paul, gets it. oh my God. Yeah, so I, that's what I'm hoping for to see from the Oscars and everything like that. Um, but yeah, 6.7 sits well. Um, so next time, it will be our 50th episode. And we're going to do a little something special, special. We're actually going to do um, a 50-question Q&A. So it'll be 25 questions to Savannah, 25 questions to me. And we'll just be asking some questions to each other, just talking about movies and stuff like that. But you'll see our faces. Woo, so it's going to be our first ever video podcast episode thing, whatchamahoozle. So that should be a lot of fun. That should definitely be a lot of fun. And then after that, we got um, two foreign films that came out last year. We got Drut also known as Another Round. I mean, I like the name Drut more. It just... It's solid. It packs a punch. Drut, you know? So we're going to be watching that, Another Round, starring Mad, Mads Mikkelsen. And then we're watching Sophia Loren's new movie. I keep forgetting the title of so it. I'm excited. Do you remember the title? It's like It Is Life or something like that. 
I don't remember the time. I know it's on Netflix. Oh, okay. oh yeah, it's a Netflix original. But yeah, so the next time uh, you hear us, we'll be doing all that good stuff. As always, shout out to homeboy James Woo! and Sensei David. And also, <laughs> be sure to check out our TikToks. Link below. We're doing some pretty, we're, we're doing some hot girl shit on there. So <laughs> get into it. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Bye.